Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. You can like us on Facebook or rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. Also, a reminder to go ahead and download our app for the Summit, Summit Hoops, a uh, way to follow women's basketball 24-7, all the highlights uh, in the game. And someone who's providing a ton of those highlights, especially early on, but nothing new, is Jewel Lloyd of the Seattle Storm who joins us. Jewel, thanks for taking the time to talk. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. So, place I want to start is, let's talk about the three ball. So, you have been a prolific three-point shooter. You were at Notre Dame. Uh, early on, struggled with efficiency on the shot. You're up over 60% here so far. It's obviously early in the season, but I noticed that in China, you were taking many more threes per game than you typically have as well. Take me through what your thinking has been about the shot and how you feel like that evolution has taken place for you. Um, really, I'm just not thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I'm just shooting. And, um, you know, like you said, I took a lot of threes in China. Um, I've always wanted to, you know, get back to shooting the ball really well from outside and just really expand my game. And to do that, I have to be a really good three-point shooter. Uh, it makes me tougher to guard. It makes our team harder to guard. Um, so I just really put up a lot of shots, a lot of reps. And just um, three, shooting threes every day, and then coming home um, in this last uh, off season, I just got a lot of reps, and I'm just trying to get, get more consistent and um, do whatever I need to do to make sure I was ready for the season. Was that simply a, a was there a numbers question in your mind in terms of how many you were looking to get up per day, even during the off season, uh, or or was it really more a question of feel? Um, so I would shoot like 500 shots a day, hmm. um, and then did 100 threes um, before I left the gym. So I'll just do that and um, finish my workout of just getting a lot of shots up, um, a lot of form shots, a lot of stationary, no jump, and then uh, work my way to jump in and shoot it when I'm tired. You talked about you got away from it a little bit uh, from the three-point shot. I mean, you were a 40-plus three-point shooter early on in your career at Notre Dame, but you do so many things on the court. Is that simply a question of concentrating on these other areas of getting better and uh, got away from, let's say, the pure form when it came to the perimeter shooting, you think? Um, I mean, yeah, no. Uh, Like you said, I I really try to do a lot of things um, besides just shoot the ball or whatever it was, but I think just... Uh, I wasn't getting enough shots, another no, a lot of reps up. Um, I, I did change a little bit of um, my form hmm. uh, this past season, just a little bit. So it's really worked on muscle memory, and um, I've actually worked with Shot Tracker a lot and took it more consistent. And that's just the device that I hook up to the rim, and it counts all my shots and puts me through workouts and things like that. So um, I think that's helped me a lot to just be more consistent um, and really look at the numbers and try to figure out, you know, how can I improve and where are my shots coming from and how to get better. 
Yeah, I, I think it probably would be unfair for people to assume that if they take Shot Tracker, they're going to be able to shoot 60% from three like you. But it's certainly a good thing for the company, I would imagine. And for you as well, the three-point shot, you talked about it being important to what Seattle does. And Seattle's spacing, obviously, uh, is dependent in a lot of ways on it. But I just wonder how much you come to conceive of yourself as a three-point shooter as well as everything else you're doing, because it, certainly your game uh, has evolved uh, to beyond this point where you're simply a spot-up shooter. Uh, you're far more than that. How do you define yourself as an offensive player at this point in your career? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be an assassin. <laughs> um, I think that's something that you would notice if I me and my mentor is Kobe, so I'm, right. I'm learning from him. So that's kind of where I want to be and. Uh, I really don't like to just label myself as a driver or a shooter. That's something I never wanted to do, um, even in high school. I never wanted to just be, you know, one thing. I always wanted to just be a basketball player, um, and that's something that I, I could do everything. Um, and so that's something I really work hard on is to make sure that I could do everything pretty well and um, make sure that I could really just be unguardable. Um, and being here in Seattle makes it a lot easier because everyone on our team could do so many different things, and it was just hard to guard. So, um, you know, here in Seattle, it puts you in a really good spot to, to do the things that you can do really well. And that's what makes our team very special. The game against Washington, it's the first time you're essentially at full strength, seemed like the kind of balance that you're talking about. Everyone was able to do everything. You, you, you score 26, you did it on 14 shots, which is just unheard of. You know, Stewie gets 13 shots. Uh, you see Sue Bird getting 10 shots up, but she also gets the nine assists. Do you think when this team is at its best, there is that balance, or do you do you expect over the course of this year there are going to be different nights where uh, each of the three of you are going to potentially carry the team and the offensive load? Um, it goes hand in hand. Um, I think last year we saw that too. Um, there was games where you know Stewie went off, um, and everyone else kind of struggled. And then this game, the you know two out of the three of us went off and we won. And so I think it, it depends. Our system allows everyone to be great and everyone to score. And that's what makes it, like I said, really hard to guard. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's different nights that, you know, Alicia Clark might go off for 20, which she did last year against Minnesota. Yep. And, you know, we all came up and we all were role players to that, you know. And our team is very selfless. Um, it really doesn't matter who's going, who's hot that night. We just want to win. So, you know, that means Sue takes, you know, 10 shots, has nine points, but she's worried about her assists and making sure everyone's feeling right and, and running the team. So um, it's just really important for us to make sure that everyone's in a good rhythm and, we're going to the person who's who's selling it, and we're all going to be there to support, regardless if it's rebounding or getting a defensive stop um, or hitting a big bucket late in the game. Um, you know, we just really want everyone to uh, really be involved. The essence of that role and being involved for you is really playing the two, more or less, most of the time, by virtue of the fact that you're playing next to Sue. And I wonder whether that has to do with more the game that you have, you know, obviously that that was the way Kobe, I think, would have been best defined. You would have talked to him, about him as a two as well. And how much of that has to do with adjusting to the fact that you're playing next to Sue, like you're playing next to a future Hall of Famer. And so it's about making your game best fit the each other. Um, yeah, I mean, there's times when, when you want to get Sue involved and um, she's really unstoppable when she's on the move. So I'll go to the one and we're going to play for Sue to get her going. So mm -hmm. we're definitely interchangeable, but um, why, why uh, 
you know, move Sue. You know, she's right. she's the best in the game, right? So um, why mess things up? And she when she's doing like a superb job running the point. Um, and I just think me playing off the ball um, maybe harder to guard uh, because I can get to the basket. I could catch a lob. Um, I could do so many other things like the pass ball, and it, and it makes our team better. So. Um, it depends on the situation, but like I said, we're very interchangeable, and you don't want to, you don't want to guard Sue all floppy or all pinned out either because that's a that's a walking bucket. Yeah, no, exactly, and and that's what's interesting to me as well is you've managed to do all of that and dramatically improved your efficiency off the ball even over last year where you're all second team in the league, but. Something I noticed when I looked at Synergy was you have essentially doubled your points per possession off of screens. And I'm wondering how you account for that. Is it just something that's early? Is that something that was a point of emphasis for you? And is that something to do with any kind of change in personnel even that you've had this year versus last year? Um, not really. I think, you know, being in the screening role, um, it's just tough to guard. Having any down screens is hard to guard when you have such – amazing players around you. Um, definitely if I'm in the pick and roll or any, any kind of role with Stewie, um, it's like pick your poison. And we have so many of those kind of plays um, that we run and, and um, just court awareness on where we can get the mismatches and how to be efficient. So it really, you know, Jenny does a really good job of making sure that we have mismatches and we try to um, really expose them. And so to that end, when Stewie comes to town, and you start playing with her, what are some of the first things that you noticed that opened up for you simply by virtue of having that kind of walking mismatch, that six foot five inside outside player? And I'm wondering vice versa as well, what you think opened up for her having the type of creator like you who quite frankly cannot be found almost anywhere else in the world? <laughs> um, I mean, for us, it's, it's really just spacing. Um, you know, you don't want to back off the Stewie because she'll shoot it and you don't want to crowd her because she'll go by you. And like I said, anytime we're in a screen and roll or anytime we're on the same side of the floor, um, you know, people don't know what to do. It puts people in the wellness and, uh, you know, having Sue finding us makes it even, you know, makes life so much easier. But I think for Stewie, I mean, she gets a lot of easier baskets because people are so quite awareness of everyone else or, you know, everyone goes to Stewie and then everyone else is open um, for our team. So sometimes you tell that people um, the time the place is open. So I think we're just really hard to guard in any screening role or any screening actions. Having Stewie be able to play the point the way she did down the stretch in one of your early victories as well, does this get you closer to, there's a lot of conversation around the league about positionless basketball. And do you guys start to think of it in those terms and – do you think of yourself in those terms less about I'm a one, I'm a two, but I'm simply part of a group that really anyone can start or end an offensive possession? Uh, I think that was kind of the idea um, when they started to rebuild here in Seattle mm -hmm. and the pieces that they wanted to put together as a team, it's to have that position with basketball. Um, Jenny studies a lot of the NBA and, and has that mentality and I think with the personnel that we have, it just makes sense. And um, I think that's why we play the way we do, uh, the space and the speed, um, the play calls, everything, because, like you said, Stu could be a point guard, and the next place she could be a five, next place she could be a three. And it, we're not really concerned about numbers mm -hmm. just because our team is so diverse and so versatile. Um, anyone could really be in any position on the court. Uh, anyone could shoot a three. Anyone could bring up the ball. 
and that just helps us out a lot. I mean, we're not just stuck to one thing. Um, we're very on the, on the go, and we can change things up, and um, it just makes us, you know, fun to watch. I think, and then also just hard to guard. Yeah, really fun to watch. And there's another element to that that I wanted to touch on, which is that your defensive rebounding percentage has doubled this year. And I wondered whether that's a conscious change in terms of crashing the boards more, number one, and number two, how much more effective can you be that you're grabbing that so now it's off of a miss and you get to start running downhill the moment you have that ball? Yeah, um, you know, I'm really trying to focus on defense, and I don't know if that's, uh, you know, actually I give credit to our, our coach, Cloppy, um, mm-hmm. because that's something that he cherishes a lot, and he's been um, getting on me a lot and making sure that I'm focused on the defensive end, and, um, you know, if I see opportunity to go grab the ball, let's push, and that's something that we want to do is we want to push the ball and, and run fast, and um, it's really hard to guard anyone in space and when they have pace in open court. And I think um, I love running. I love going in open court. So if I get the chance to grab it and go, that's what I'm going to do. You, you and Stewie, to have this kind of talent and to be this good this soon in your careers, you and you're just starting your third year and Stewie just starting her second year, do you guys talk about what can be? Do you have these big conversations about what can be uh, with the two of you playing together? You know, obviously we won a championship. Um, we know that we're building our way there, um, but we have very far to go. And we're just really really cherishing every part um, of it, every practice, every game. And um, we're really trying to enjoy it because we, we never really know what could go on, what could happen. But we're both very competitive. We both want to win. So we try to just stay focused on the test at hand. I mean, we're both young, so we're both living it up as much as we can and we're enjoying every moment of it. And um, playing with Sue, we, you know, we don't want to take any of that for granted. Um, but at the same time, you know we want to shape and shape and we know what we can possibly bring. Um, but like I said, we're just trying to have fun and, and be kids. And, and I guess the flip side to that is, does it feel like, because you talked about not taking it for granted, does it feel like the clock is a little different than it otherwise would be. You have two amazing young stars on a team. You typically talk about, you know, a 10-year window, and that obviously applies here. But there's also the fact that you have that third member of the triumvirate uh, in Sue who presumably won't play for another 10 years, although I wouldn't put anything past her. (laughs) Yeah, Sue's pretty much invincible. Um, But at the same time, I mean, you don't want to wait another 10 years. You don't want to wait, you know forever to try to get the championship. We could go and try to get it, you know, right now. That's the mm. thing we're trying to do. Um, but at the same time, we're very, we're very patient. Um, we don't want to rush the process. We don't want to, um, you know, get ahead of ourselves. But at the same time, we want to compete. And I think that's what our mindset here is. And that was the mindset coming into training camp. Everyone was really focused. Everyone had just a different um, energy to them. And, um, you know, we, we, like I said, we won a championship. This, this, uh, this team already has a few, and we're trying to add a couple more. Do you see the Minnesota game coming up on the 3rd of June as a real measuring stick to be able to go up against, you know, obviously the elite team of the decade, number one, number two, the lone remaining unbeaten team here in the league? Honestly, every team in the league has a chance, right? I mean, we just played the LA, and they just won. So right. that wasn't a test. I don't know what it is. Uh, but every night you have to bring it in the league, and that's what makes this league so special. It's the most dominant league in the world. And uh, you're playing different Olympians every night. You're playing against, um, you know, all defensive team every single night. No one takes a night off. So 
um, the you know first we got to focus on New York and Indiana before we try to look down the schedule and look at Minnesota, whoever else there is, because um, every team is is vulnerable. Every team has a chance to win. And then I guess the flip side to that is that New York has given you some fits over the course of your career. How conscious are you of that, and how much do you feel that this is an opportunity to grow and develop even further, to go have a big game and continue the way you've been playing so far this year against the Liberty? No, every day is an opportunity. Um, every game is an opportunity to do something great. And uh, we're excited for the game, and we know um, the personnel. We've, we had a great practice today, and we've been really focused, and um, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I've just been trying to keep it simple, um, not overthink basketball. Basketball is a very simple game. Um, people make it complicated at times, but it's pretty simple. <laughs> Maybe for you, and certainly this year. That's, that's, been, that's been clearly evident. So what is a successful 2017 for you then? You talked about winning a championship. If you, if you guys advance in the playoffs... Uh, but fall short of a championship, does it still feel successful as a team? And then for you personally, do you have benchmarks that you're looking at for what will make you feel like you've grown the way you want to as a player? Um, I mean, yeah. Um, obviously, we want to finish this year off better than we did last year. Um, and everything's just, you know, stepping block, right? If mm-hmm. we don't win a championship this year, but we want to make sure we can go farther than we did last year and then build off that the next year. Um, and that's something that you want to always emphasize. You know, obviously everyone fights to compete for a championship, um, but we just want to want to be better than we were every year. And uh, personally, I mean, yeah. yeah sorry, no, go, go ahead, ahead please. Uh, I mean, personally, uh, of course, you have individual goals, and um, you know, I want to sh- shoot a total of 180 um, all around, things like that. But uh, I'm really not focused on my individual goals. I have to focus. You know, you want to focus on team goals and all the individual goals to come, um, and when the year's over, I'll evaluate my year and see things I want to do and get better at and then start all over again. Very interesting. And just watching that process, 180, okay, we'll keep that in mind. And uh, certainly watching the way you've done it. And uh, I, Do you know that your ankle breaking has gone viral? Uh, some of the highlights <laughs> that you've been putting up early on, everyone is just sharing. Yeah, my, my friends, uh, they put it in our group chat and um, they've been retweeting and I've been seeing it and um I know it's I mean it was a good it was a good move, but I mean it's it's basketball. I don't know, it's it's um stuff I've been doing since high school, so it's uh I'm trying to keep it simple, you know. If someone cuts you off, you go the other way. If someone's open, you pass it. Um that's all I'm trying to do. Miraculous for everyone else and simple since you've been doing it since high school for you. Well, Jewel Lloyd, thank you very much. Please keep up the simplicity. Wish you all the best of luck this year and a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. And just a reminder to our listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, and you can follow those ankle-breaking moves by downloading our WNBA Women's Hoops app, uh, either iOS or Android. Uh, I'm Howard Megdahl, wishing you a wonderful day.